Can your marriage really survive sexual addiction and infidelity? On today's broadcast of Beauty Beyond Betrayal, I have the privilege of interviewing a couple that not only have survived this, but they've gone on to thrive. Joy and Josh Drago have been married since 2009 and moved to the Southeast in 2011. Their passion to help people heal led them to become foster parents for six years beginning in 2015. They both serve in their church's hike ministries, the Pure Desire Ministry, and Josh is an author and speaker, and you'll hear about that more in today's program. And he speaks on topics of overcoming shame, addiction, and recovery through a biblically supported and clinically informed approach. In their free time, Joy and Josh enjoy hiking, traveling, scouting new coffee shops, I can attest to that one, and all things food. Today's broadcast is going to be amazing. Grab your spouse because you both need to tune in. So stay tuned. Hey, beautiful. It's my birthday month, and we are celebrating for the entire month of February. How, you ask? We are getting ready to launch a brand new membership program just for you. So I have a few questions for you. Are you ready to heal from the devastation of his affair once and for all? Are you ready to leave behind the intrusive thoughts, get control of the triggers once and for all? Learn how to set those healthy boundaries, rebuild trust in yourself and others, and finally rise up as that confident woman that God has created you to be. And at the end of the day, leave all of the pain behind once and for all. Well, beautiful, if that's you, this membership is exactly what you've been looking for. This is going to only open twice a year. So we are opening the doors, swinging them wide open March the 11th, and we won't open again for quite a while, probably the end of summer. So you have the chance to get in on the wait list right now. And you're asking, how much is this gonna cost? It's $37 a month. Yes, you heard me right, beautiful. We are celebrating my birthday and we are celebrating it right. So what do you get in this program? Well, first off, you get access to a private Facebook community where you can build your sisterhood for those of you who are looking to connect with community and heal with other women who are like-minded, going through the same thing that you are. You're also going to be given a proven roadmap to recovery. You're going to have weekly video sessions that are pre-recorded so you can go through them at a self-paced. You're going to have a brand new workbook that I just finished designing just for you, downloadable PDFs, support and accountability. You're going to also have a weekly Q&A live with me. Yes, it's going to be a coffee chat with Lisa once a week where you get to submit your questions and have them answered live weekly. You're also going to get a couple of bonuses. You're going to have access to my Devastated to Determined mini course to get you started and how to thrive through the holidays and not just survive after betrayal. You're gonna get that workshop as well. All of this for $37 a month. So beautiful, don't wait. Like, go below in the show notes, click on my website. You can go to lisalimehouse.com, click the Work With Me tab, and go to the group membership program, get on the wait list, or I made it really easy. Below in the show notes, you'll see a little link that says membership. 
click on there and get on the wait list. You wanna do that now because I have some freebies coming and you'll get early access to this. Now, we open the doors March the 11th, so you don't want to delay. Get on the wait list so you can find out all the goodies and we can start journeying together to your recovery and see you healed once and for all from the devastation of his betrayal. Can't wait to see you on the inside. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am so over excited today to have this couple with us that's going to be bringing an incredible story of God's redemption, not just in their own lives personally, but in their relationship, how God restores today. And they're going to speak some life into you, as well as share some tools with you today that they utilized, partnering with the Holy Spirit to restore themselves, restore their relationships, and how they're actually utilizing their story to help others, which is so inspiring. So I want to welcome both of you, Joy and Josh, to the show today. Welcome to Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Thank you so much just for your willingness to share what God's doing in your life, what he has done, and really now how your pain has turned into such a beautiful purpose that you're speaking life into other relationships and other men and women. So thank you for being a part of the show today. And we just can't wait for you to kind of dive in and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us too. Um, you know, I think early on when, when everything first happened for us, I think uh, neither of us would have ever believed that we would be in a position to be on a podcast sharing our story um, or, just anywhere. or anywhere for that matter. <laughs> like I wanted to live in a cabin in the woods somewhere and forget about it all. Um, so, so excited to be here. Um, but both of us, we grew up in New Hampshire together, um, not together in the same town together, went to the same school. Um, and, uh, but both of our parents were always in the home. We don't come from broken homes. Uh, we went to church all the time. Um, and uh, I, I wish that going to church was an indicator of how good of a person you would be, uh, because that would be a fantastic person. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, so we grew up going to church all the time and then uh, graduated high school and I diverted a little bit. I went into the Marines for four years um, and then she went to college, but I'll let her tell that. Um, we when I got out of the Marines, we got married shortly thereafter and then we moved to South Carolina pretty quickly after that. Um, I've been working in healthcare for about 15 years. Uh, we fostered for about six years. And uh, now I'm a consultant, an author, and a speaker. Beautiful. Joy, what about you? Yeah, so he gave most of the, the introductory <laughs> stuff. But yeah, I um, we started dating in, in right out of high school. And um, I went to college. And after that, we got married moved down south and um of course that's when the real adventure began so we, um i had in an effort to really get more engaged in the community had become a guardian ad litem and a couple of years into that felt like god was calling us to foster yeah. and so i um sort of begrudgingly brought that up to josh of like i think this is what god's calling us to do and he's like no, <laughs> um, but God worked on his heart and eventually that that's where we ended up. Um, and so we went into that obediently, um, but just, it was a really challenging season for us as individuals and as a couple. 
um, where we were tested in a lot of different ways. And um, it revealed a lot of things in us that we weren't aware of, wounds and um, just things that we hadn't learned, um, you know, how to do conflict and and things like that, that we hadn't learned well. And um, so it it came out in that season um, in a lot of different ways, but um, we really experienced a lot of isolation and just lacked the community that we were longing for. Um, I, I started struggling with anxiety and depression and was kind of in denial over that, but just thinking like, this is like, we're, we're doing hard things. So we're gonna, we're gonna have conflict. We're going to like, I'm going to have low days or I'm going to like have these like, um, heightened emotions, but, um, it, it was more than that. And, and, um, and so just kind of trying to minimize and normalize all the things, um, and just push through thinking like, this is, this is just a hard season. We're going to get to the end of it. Um, and to some degree that was true. Um, and we did get to the end of it, but it got harder before it got better. So, um, yeah, there were some times when I felt like there was something going on that I was missing, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, and, um, yeah, so it was, it was, um, I was unaware of, of things that Josh was struggling with. Um, we were both struggling sort of independently of each other and mm -hmm. trying to figure out ways that we could cope with all of the the stress that we were experiencing yeah well you know first off let me just say that uh it takes special individuals to be called to foster and so thank you for that time period that you did spend doing that because there are so many children in need of people who will give of themselves and so that is that is something that's very selfless and you're pouring into other lives. And so I want to say thank you for being willing to do that during a season. And, you know, sometimes it's during those seasons when we are pouring out that um, we struggle with things unaware. And then God uses those times to bring truth into our lives, you know. And so, but before I get into that, you know, we all come into marriage with expectations, you know. And we have this tendency to have these visions of what we think marriage is going to be like. And I would love to hear from both of you of, you know, when you when you entered into your relationship, your marital relationship, like what were your expectations? What were your thoughts? Was it this knight in shining armor syndrome? Like, what were you thinking, both of you? I'll let you go first because you started sharing a little bit about conflict. Yeah. Um, so neither of us well I'll just talk for myself but I I came into this expecting that there would be conflict conflict was normal these were all the things that we heard but I had no idea how to do it how to manage conflict so I just thought it would just happen and we would just magically work it out and like a sitcom it would you know resolve itself um uh, without a whole lot of effort so kind of blind or naive in, in the area of conflict. Um, I, we had sort of a unique dating experience because he was, we were long distance. I was in college, he was in the Marines and he had this uh, money coming in that I didn't know what to do with. So it was like being on the bachelorette or something where every, we were, you know, 
whenever I saw him, he was taking me to these amazing restaurants and these really fancy dates, went on a balloon ride, like all kinds of fancy things and really fun things that um, couldn't continue once we got married. So there was this sort of like build up, and then like I just expected he was always going to date me like that. Um, so that was that was a little bit of a letdown. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, and then I think there's this um, cultural lie that we're told, and I don't know if lie is the right term, but this idea that. Um, True love means that your partner will only ever have eyes for you. Mm. And so I really believe that if he loved me, then he wouldn't, that meant he was, would never be attracted to anybody else. Um, he wouldn't like be tempted. Um, and so I was um, kind of um, just not expecting that that was a possibility. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Disney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? I'm wholehearted yep. on that. <laughs> and and you're right. I loved how you put that that we we have that expectation they're only going to have eyes for us, right? And I think it is a cultural thing. I think that we've been inundated through the media and other things that this is this is the fairy tale, fairy tale so to speak. And we marry the women, you know, we marry these knights in shining armors and the guys, they get their princess and happily ever after. But that's just not, that's not true life. And that's not true love. You know, we've learned, and especially in the Christian realm, we've learned that, um, you know, love is a choice. And it's a choice that we choose every single day. It's not based upon feelings. Feelings can be fickle and they can lead us astray, but it's something that we choose to do. And so I, I think that's why I asked that question is because there are so many, even those who listen to this podcast that have this sense of, oh, you know, marriage is going to be bliss and it's just going to be so great. And then the rug is pulled out from underneath you. And so one of the things that I'm seeking to do is bring that education through these kind of podcasts and these kind of interviews that it's not always what we think it is. And you're not the only one to go through it either. Right. Yes. Yeah. What about, what about you, Josh? What was your expectation? You know, I think uh, similar to Joy, I grew up in a home where my parents never fought, uh, at least in front of us. The only thing we saw in front of the kids was passive aggressive, cold shoulder, that kind of thing. Um, and so coming into marriage, my unspoken assumption was that we were never going to fight. Um, and so lo and behold, I get into a marriage where there's fighting and I don't know what to do with that. Um, not just that though, there's, um, you know, over the past few years, I've done a lot of work and therapy and sharing with other men in groups and things like that. And I've come to realize that getting married partly for me was, I wanted her to tell me that I was enough to tell me that I was a man um, because I never had anybody in my life to tell me that, to say, Hey, Josh, you're a, you're a man now. Um, and to teach me how to do that. And so from an early age, I was using women to give me my identity. So when she was disappointed in I me, mean, we talked about the balloon rides and all these things and then nothing after marriage, because we had two adults, I knew that she was disappointed with me and therefore I was disappointed in myself. I wasn't man enough to earn her love and her respect and you know, all these things. Um, 
And so that was kind of brooding beneath the surface because I never addressed it. And I never really realized that that was happening. Um, but also something that I've, I've come to realize, we've, we've had to work on our communication skills. And uh, so realizing that if I want my needs met, I need to be able to communicate them. Like that's on me. She can't read my mind. She can't just magically meet my needs. I have to be able to communicate them. And so uh, that was a revelation for me. I thought my wife is going to know my needs and want to meet every single one of them. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think we, we both have battled disappointments and unmet expectations in our marriage. And I think you said that beautifully. We automatically think that our mates can read our minds. Mm-hmm. I think that's on both sides, right? We yeah. they should know that. They're mm-hmm. married to us. They should know that. No, they yeah. don't know that. How will they know unless we tell them, right? Yep. So I love the fact that you know you need to be able to express your needs, your wants, your desires, right? Those are so, so important. But I also like that you hit upon the point <laughs> of finding the identity. And the mm. one married, right? And I think we both, men and women, have a tendency to seek to find our identity in the opposite sex. Like as women, we're seeking our identity. What do men think of us? You know, we we take that on, we take that mindset on, that identity on, and the same with men. And in reality, if we're not grounded and rooted in the one who is our creator, who is our identity, right, then we're not going to be foundationally sure in any type of relationship with ourselves or with others. So it's vitally important to have that grounding first before we enter into a relationship, or it's going to be off balance, just like you said. Yeah. So that leads me to that time period of you know, you both are in this relationship and you are in this marriage or you're, you're, you're entering into some really hard, difficult times. You're in this fostering, you know, something's off joy. You mm-hmm. know that something is just not right. What happened when you found out about the betrayal? How did you find out? Like, what was that like for you? Um, so it was very abrupt. Uh, I had no I had no previous um, discoveries or disclosures. It wasn't something that had kind of been sprinkled in throughout our marriage. Um, There had actually even been occasions where, you know, I had said like, hey, is this something that you struggle with? And he'd be like, nope, (laughs) (laughs) not me. You point blank asked him, have you ever struggled with pornography? Yes. And I point blank said no. You point blank (laughs) said no. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I don't know, that might've been the prompting of the Holy spirit or just uh, what, I don't know, but, um, just giving him an opportunity, but yeah. So I, I thought he was untouched by this temptation and, uh, he was just one of the good ones. Uh, one of those kind of things. So I, it, it was very abrupt and it was all at once. Um, and so I think, Everyone, everyone has a different experience. And in some ways, you know, this was um, a blessing to just have it all out in the open mm-hmm. all at once and to not kind of have it trickling in. And um, but but it was a lot to take in. So it was definitely a shock to the system. And it took several months for me to come out of that. Um, there were definitely times of where emotion would leak out. And I would experience a surge of emotion um, and would have opportunity to process that. And, you know, um, I was in therapy. So talking through that with 
therapist um, or just praying through that and journaling. Um, but then, you know, the door would close and I would have um, sort of a, a, a break a little bit, like some, some peace. Um, so I think, I think that, that was maybe God's grace of just being like, I know what you can handle. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to give you a little bit at a time. Um, and then as I was able to process it a little more, um, would come out, but it was, um, there were definitely days where I was very lonely and felt isolated in it. I did have, um, a few close people who I was able to share this with, thankfully, but still when there's, when you don't have someone who shares the same experiences, it's a different thing. Um, and so there, yeah, there was some loneliness, there was, um, shame, um, of just working through, you know, how much of this is, is this my fault? Am I responsible for this? What could I have done differently? Um, and then on the other side, like this defensiveness of like, this is not my fault. I had nothing to do with this. Um, and so, um, yeah, just these opposing feelings and uh, things that were kind of at war with each other. So there was a lot of that to wrestle through. And um, I think, I, I know I said there wasn't a lot of people in my life who I could share this with, but at the same time, there, there was um, something good about that because I didn't have a lot of external input. Mm. I didn't have a lot of people speaking into my life what they thought I needed to do or putting any sort of pressure on me to make some sort of decision. I had a lot of freedom in those first few months to just sit with it and, and process what came up and, um, and not having to, to make decisions or tell people, this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay or I'm going to leave or, um, and having them share their opinion. So I think that was another one of those like pros and cons. It would have been beneficial to at the onset have someone close to me who could say like, I, I know what you're going through and I'm going to walk through this with you. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm glad that I didn't have a lot of folks speaking into me and, and kind of sharing their opinions of what I what they thought I needed to be doing. Yeah. And, and I want to hit on that really quick because I know that we have listeners that um, share this podcast with, with others because they come across it and they're like, oh, I've got a friend who I need to share this with. And the truth of the matter is if, if you are in the betrayal, if you're the betrayer, or if you are a friend and you want to be there, the best thing you can do is listen. The best mm -hmm. thing you can do is say, what do you need right now? Like be that support instead of trying to say, well, this is what you need to do, or you need to turn in this direction. Because one of the things is to never make a knee jerk reaction. You mm -hmm. know, I always tell anyone that I'm working with that first year, don't make life altering decisions. Because you're in the midst of the chaos, the turmoil, the pain, right? We need some healing. We need some education. We need to move forward and allow God to begin to work before we even start making any kind of decisions that's going to be life altering. So I'm glad you didn't have that. That is beautiful. And 
The other thing was the fact that you talked about, you found out about everything all at once versus drip disclosure, which is what I call it. And that drip disclosure, I relate to waterboarding. If anyone knows what that is, right? Yeah. That torture that you put people through. And, and that's kind of what I equate it to. I was drip disclosed over months and months. And, and it was every time was just re-traumatizing. And the way that you discover helps in your recovery process. So all at once is, is totally different in discovery than drip disclosure. Right. You're like a tsunami wave has hit me. Now let me start to swim out of this thing. Right. And and go from there. Those who are drip disclosed, they get hit with that wave over and over and over again. And so it really kind of takes, you know, a toll on that person and can elongate that healing period. Um, so, I, you know, you you said a number of things that uh, really just resonate with that healing process of it takes time. There's Mm -hmm. shame involved. There's shock that's involved. There's a numbing effect that's involved, but being able to just journey through that with God in the process, Holy spirit leading you through it. And you had the ability to have someone help you in therapy really is like this perfect setup for a beautiful recovery. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you had that. So Josh, on your side, what was it like for you to like disclose to your wife, like, this is what my life has been like. These are the secrets that I've had. And I just, I just need to tell you, Hmm. what was that like for you? Um, If I could sum it up in a word, it would be excruciating. Um, But at the same time, it was because before that moment, um, so when I, it, it was found out in January of 2021 and um, I had gone off the radar for a couple hours and there was enough evidence um, by the time I came back on the radar that I knew I could either, I was at a crossroads and I could either uh, disclose everything and come clean and the chips would fall wherever they fall. And I felt confident that God was going to be with me, but I at the same time, I didn't feel confident because I had been, I had been apart from God for so long Mm -hmm. um, because of my behavior. I I just felt so separated that I, I, if I'm, if I'm honest, like I never, I didn't trust God anymore. So I could do that or I could try and spin it. And I had become so good at spinning it that the lie that I was tempted to believe was you can spin this. You can absolutely spin this, which of course I can't. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so there, there came a moment in time when, when I resolved that, Hey, this is, this is the path I'm going down. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm going to, I'm going to come clean. And so on the one hand, disclosing was excruciating, but on the other hand, it was a decision that I had already made. And now I was just executing the decision. And so it just, it is what it is. And it, it, to a certain degree, it helped me to remove the emotion from it, the fear from it, because I I knew I was confident in my decision-making ability, even if I wasn't confident in God yet. And so I decided I was going to do this and I mean to do it. Um, but I think it was not just disclosure is not just, uh, an event. It, it is the beginning of living an exposed lifestyle. And so it's, it's, it's brutal for a while. Like I disclosed to joy and then we had a trip, uh, planned, um, to New Hampshire to see our families. And so I had the the pleasure of disclosing to my family and joy's family and her siblings and 
I mean, it was, it's all excruciating. Um, but it's all part of, if you've been living in hiding for, for most of us for decades, putting on this mask, pretending like we have it all together and we're a saint and no, we don't struggle. Like yeah. absolutely not emphatically. Yeah, no, I don't struggle with porn. Um, taking off that mask permanently because we have a tendency to put it back on yeah. if we only disclose once. Uh, and so it was, it was excruciating for a season because I had, I had to disclose over and over and over again because God needed me to take that mask off permanently. And every time I, I tried to take that mask and put it back on, he's like, no, 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 no. You have more, more to disclose. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely brutal. Um, looking back now, I, I wouldn't change a thing though. Uh, because living in, I, I thought this would be the secret that I would take to my grave. Nobody would ever know. Um, now that I'm on the other side of it, I never thought that I could live in freedom and kind of reunite the parts of me that I had hid. Mm -hmm. uh, and so doing that, reaching that point where I'm living a whole life is worth all the pain of disclosing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let me ask you this. I want to go, I want to go a little bit deeper with that. When you decided that you were going to disclose was that decision based upon I, I need I need to first do this for my own freedom mm -hmm. because we have a tendency to believe that <laughs> many many of those who deal with either pornography addictions or they're engrossed in affairs we have a tendency to believe what they're they're actually disclosing because they're going to be found out and they mm -hmm. want to make sure that their spouse knows first, right? But then on the flip side, you know, is it is it that you moved into that because you recognize in order for you to gain the freedom that you were looking to gain, that this was your first step? Hmm. Yeah, I think it was probably the latter. Um, a word that has come up for me consistently is submit and I think all of us, especially in Western society, that that's a dirty word. Um, and so to, to submit, like in that season, I just, the, the evidence of, of my failures, the evidence of my affairs and addiction and all of this were the, the mountain was so high. I, th there was no rug that I could sweep this under. I, I knew that. And so um, the only option left to me was to submit. I know that if, I, if there was another option, I would have taken that option because I had done that for years. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think I, I reached a point where I, I recognized that I, I can't keep doing this. Like I had off and on struggled with suicidal thoughts, not because that's my natural bent, but because of the shame of it all. And I knew that this would one day take my life. I, I knew it. Like I, that night when I disclosed it, or actually the night before I disclosed everything, I prayed that God would just take me in my sleep because I didn't want to deal with it. Um, and that's, that's how desperate I was. And I had no other option. I was crushed beneath it all. Like Samson at the end of his life, I was crushed beneath it. And there was only one path forward that hopefully might lead to my freedom, maybe my rest, the restoration of my marriage, but it was all a big question mark for me. Yeah. You took the risk. I call it the risk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. there, there is a risk when we start to walk in truth, absolute risk. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not just on the one who is the one who is the betrayer, but for the one who is the betrayed, there's a risk on both sides mm -hmm. we take, right? 
because there's a risk in life anyway. But I always say that life in and of itself is a risk. We, we risk every day that we wake up and our eyes pop wide open. We don't know if we are going to be called home that day, right? We don't know mm -hmm. what's in front of us. So life is a risk, but risk is worth taking. And I believe that risk of stepping into truth for those who are the ones who are living that hidden life right now. And I know you're listening. If you are engrossed in this right now, if you are in the midst of that, that risk is worth taking to mm -hmm. finally live in truth because it does lead to freedom. The Bible plainly states that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And that goes mm -hmm. deep, deep, deep. And even for the one who is the one who's been betrayed, the risk of loving again, the mm. risk of allowing God to lead you through this process and to recognize that if you have a spouse who is truly has a heart transformation, that the risk is worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that's I think that's something worth saying. So with you, Josh, when you when you decided to submit, I want to kind of I want to kind of talk about that. You both share about you both had to submit to healing. It was crucial for you both. Talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, what's that submission process look like on both sides? Mm. I think for me, um, it was kind of in stages. Uh, so the initial decision to kind of come out of hiding was just submitting to that call of God on my life to do that. Um, and again, I had been distant from God for some time. Like I'd been reading devotionals and I'd been praying, but it, it was silent. I hadn't been hearing anything. Um, and so when I felt that kind of familiar impression on my heart that God was saying, Hey, this is it. This is your moment. Um, the, my initial response, I, I submitted to that. And I think many times if God told me all the things that I was going to have to submit to, I, I wouldn't have done it, but he told me the next thing to submit to. And so I, I would say for me, submission, it looks like making sure that you're continually submitting mm -hmm. because in, in the same way that living an exposed life is the goal, not disclosure, um, living a submitted life is the goal. And so I'm, I'm years out now from this happening, but I'm still submitting. Like I'm submitted to joy. Um, my phone still doesn't have internet. Um, a friend of mine has the control of that. And so I've submitted to him. I've submitted to a mentor in my life. I've submitted everywhere. Every part of me is submitted to someone else. And so I know that this, this is not going to happen again, what we went through, because I've submitted. Um, and, you know, a funny thing happens when you submit over time. Um because now, like, so initially, like that to me submitting is what put out my dumpster fire. I like to say that I serve the God of the dumpster fire because <laughs> um, I've been able to watch him kind of a front row seat to watch other people's dumpster fires be put out as well. But but now having having a couple of years under my belt, now I'm, I'm able to turn around and say, hey, guys, like th this is the path to freedom. Come walk with me. Um, and so helping other men learn to submit because we're not taught that That's real right. men don't submit. Real this men don't bend the contrary knee. Contrary to society. Yeah. Yep. But there's nothing more godly than a submitted man. Amen. 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 That's beautifully said. What about for you, Joy? 
you know, you had to submit to your own healing journey and healing from the trauma of betrayal is not an easy feat. There are so many that, that I end up having come to me that are 10, 15 years. It happened that many years ago and it's been brushed under the rug. It's been denied for that long because they're like, every time it comes up, it feels too bad. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to face it. And that's, that's the submission to the hard road of healing from that trauma, right? What was it like for you to submit to that healing process? And I'm going to cut in right there. I know, I know. Lisa, wait, what? Well, beautiful, you're going to have to stick around for part two. Now, that one's coming on Tuesday. So make sure to set your calendars because part two of the interview with the Dragos is going to be this coming Tuesday. Just kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger. Joy's side is so good and they still have so many nuggets, golden nuggets, such biblically based pure wisdom to share with each and every one of you. So I can't wait to bring them back next week. So stay tuned. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.